the Rad All right, welcome to another edition of the Rad Podcast. I'm producer Brandon. And I'm producer Amanda. And you're listening to the Rad Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and all of the support. We keep getting emails about how people love this, so I think we should continue doing it, don't you? Yes. All right, then let's do it. Um, I'm going to kick off with this uh, first email. First, it's uh, we're, talk- we're talking about sobriety a lot in our, la- mm-hmm. our last podcasts, and um, how, where are you at now, considering that this is airing on Tuesday of January? Er, what is the date this is airing? <laughs> the 30th, you'd be at what? Uh, three weeks almost? Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. cool. I'm at uh, Three almost, weeks and two days. I'm almost at nine months. At the end of uh, next week, I'll be at nine months. Sweet. Holy shit. Only three more months to go until I can figure out if I want to have a beer or not. Oh, I can't wait till you get there because I want to see what your you know what your thoughts are on that yeah yeah i you know i'll be there next year so i just want to see it's cool that you're like forging the path mm-hmm. and then i can see what worked and what didn't yeah this it's tough right now i'm i'm i've been thinking more and more about it's almost every day i'm having this thought of man i just want a beer i just oh, want a glass fuck. of wine i just want it and mm-hmm. It's 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 never gotten to the point where I'm going and grabbing it. Mm-hmm. I, I I'll I'll ultimately just chop it up to another craving and mm-hmm. just you know I'll I'll go rub one out or something to <laughs> distract myself. Um, but yeah, I, I'm leaning more towards I want it mm-hmm. just because you know certain life things happen and I stress is always overwhelming and. Mm-hmm. It's just how you deal with that stress, and mine in the past has always lent lent towards having a drink. So we'll see. I don't know. I, even if I do, it'll just be sporadic, and I'll be more controlling. Yeah, it. and now that you would have had this year's sobriety, you know definitely how to control it. Yeah, I think so, and I think that I have more people— I think what what's going to happen is I'm going to think about what other people think about me. And I know mm-hmm. that that's something you should never really do in no. all aspects of life. But I, I I will always have that thought in the back of my mind because I, I will, I guess I'll always have that looming cloud of alcohol problem mm-hmm. over me. And I think I'll, I will be stuck in my head thinking, oh, well, they think I'm an alcoholic. So if they're looking yeah. at me and watching me drink, then they probably think, oh, does he have a problem? Is he mm-hmm. is he having an issue again? And I'll get so wrapped up in my own thoughts that I'll probably just put the drink down and pass it and, you know, pick up another soda or something. Yeah. <laughs> we will see. All right, this first email comes from Crystal. Um, she is going to kind of, um, let me see. Uh, oh, she's got, she's got some suggestions because you were saying that You've been having problems sleeping recently, and oh, that's yeah. kind of like your big step after be, after going dry. Mm-hmm. You want to get on a better sleep cycle. Mm-hmm. And do you think that it's because of the, the, like, is there, like, withdrawal issues? What, what's the reasoning behind your lack of sleep? Well, I think the re- a lot of the reason why I was drinking in excess was to... Um, make it so that my brain would turn off mm-hmm. and I could go to sleep. So now that I don't have that, I'm laying in bed for at least an hour or so just tossing and turning and my brain spinning and, you know. Are you, do you have anything on like music, white noise, anything like that while you're trying to sleep? Well, I was putting on like a Disney movie and well, okay. going to bed, but. You could zone out. Yeah, but I don't. And I listen to a podcast often. Okay. Um, so, but I don't think that that is good for your sleep hygiene. So I, this weekend, actually, I'm taking my TV out of my bedroom again. Cause when I first moved into the house, I did not have a TV in the bedroom, but the TV that you gave me, the, the big Sony TV, mm-hmm. I ended up putting in my bedroom, but I was thinking since my TV downstairs is broken, I might as well just put that TV <laughs> in place of the the broken TV. I just don't know if it's going to fit. Um, and then first I ha- world problems. By yeah, the way. totally. My TV's cracked downstairs, so I might have to bring my upstairs TV <laughs> downstairs. But I don't know if it'll fit. It might be too big for my two story <laughs> right. house. Right. So I um, I have like a salt lamp and like one of those Himalayan salt mm-hmm. things, the big pink crystal. Thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I have that. And then my um, my son's grandma gave me a little salt like. You put a votive candle in there. So I have that right on my 
nightstand. Um, and I want to start meditating just to try and help me go to sleep and stretch before I go to sleep. Um, so that's my plan, but I haven't gotten all the way there. I'm still right now. I'm still in the tossing and turning and mm. stage. Okay. Well, maybe this will help because, uh, Crystal has some suggestions that I, I actually might, um, do as well. And when we get done to the, the letter, I'll, I'll also throw out some ideas as well. Um, but she says, Amanda had mentioned her progress on her sobriety with alcohol and had mentioned she's going through weird dreams and cravings, et cetera. I wanted to offer an idea that might help her and even Brandon out. Just like I said, <laughs> I currently am in the process of quitting weed. Ooh, boy. Ooh, <laughs> boy. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that and say, alcohol. Could you ever do that? I would have to really commit and probably go on a retreat somewhere for a couple of weeks where I didn't have to be... Um, in charge of, responsible of, um, just so I could like solely focus on myself because I, I've heard that the withdrawals from, from weed can lead to a lot of irritability and yeah. I'm already kind of an irritable person, mm-hmm. even with my medicinal marijuana. I, I, there, there's certain things that will just kind of set me on edge and I don't want to be around people when I do that because I'm afraid I would murder somebody. Um, yeah. So that is that takes a strong-willed person to be able to quit weed, in well, my opinion. Yeah, when you bring up the irritability, I think that's part of my withdrawals. Because mm. yesterday, uh, I picked the sun up from school, and then out of nowhere, I just got super irritable. And so I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm just going to chill and like we can watch a movie, whatever, but I just I just need to chill because I'm feeling grumpy. Yeah. And so he understood. So he left you be. It wasn't bugging you, poking at you. Ma, 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 ma. Right. And I felt so bad because I'm like, it's not his fault. I don't even I know why. Take that on him. But I don't even know what the irritate, where it came from. I just started to feel it in the car, probably because I was driving or whatever. And it just started and it wouldn't let, it wouldn't go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously the answer is to go home and crack open. And a bottle of wine and that's feel what better, i right? would do yeah, yeah. Well, can't do that right now no. so uh good on you crystal for quitting weed um best of luck to you um she is saying that it's surprisingly been more difficult than she'd imagined and i totally get it um she goes on to say i could be making this up in my head but i feel like i remember amanda saying she doesn't sleep in the same bed as her old man is that true you still yes, not? That's okay true. just oh solo bed i wanted to suggest playing a non-smoking sleep hypnosis video on youtube I've been listening to a video nightly for quitting weed and have been getting decent sleep. Although I can't prove it's working, it is something I haven't heard thrown out there for her to try and figured I'd put it on the table for her to think about. Or this could all sound completely dumb to you, haha. No, not dumb at all. Anyway, good luck and keep up the good work, guys. So she's watching YouTube and falling asleep to YouTube? No. um, This... It, you, you you expressed interest in meditating and, mm-hmm. and stretching before um, bed. I I always find it really hard to meditate in my house because I've got so many animals mm-hmm. and there are so many distractions, cell phone, TV, internet, all all of those things, and I find it really hard to to compartmentalize my meditation zone and 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 just get all those distractions out of there mm-hmm. and. I've always thought, oh, well, I, I could go see a, a, a therapist or a, um, what is it, hypnosis, mm-hmm. go, go see, get hypnotherapy, which I've done before. And it is, it is actually really cool. It's in the same, I compare it to kind of a similar experience that you would have in Reiki, but it's more focused on um, <clears throat> what the hypnotherapist is focusing on. So they, oh. like if you are wanting to quit smoking, for example, or quit drinking, it's a good tool if mm-hmm. you if you uh believe in it and if you're ready for it and you you accept it for what it is you go through the motions it, it could do really great things i've heard countless stories of people using hypnotherapy to quit things but <clears throat> i like that ability to have somebody guide me and there isn't right. there isn't always somebody there um that you can call on or go to without either paying money or um you know taking that time out of your day to go somewhere to do it so at home what i'll do is i'll i'll take all of the devices away and I'll put them on all silent and, and, and make sure I'm away from them. And then on YouTube, there's channels where you can go and get meditation guides Oh, and they'll, you don't have to watch it, but it, it's all audible. It. Yeah. It's yeah. all, it's all on an audio. So you, you turn down, you know, turn off the TV or in this case, some of these uh, videos, if you do have to open your eyes, they're not overstimulating. They're very calming images to watch, kind of like white noise for the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- maybe this is something that you could use yeah. instead of listening to the podcast or putting on a Disney movie. 
Um, you, you, I, they, the range, uh, these videos range from like 15 minutes to t- hours and oh, wow. they're literally built for you to start meditating and then fall asleep listening to this. Oh, so cool. it's like white noise, chimes, music, um, stuff that's very relaxing. Yeah. That might be a super useful tool for you to get started. Yeah. I think it would be good for me to purge my brain before I go to bed. Um, this could do it because because yeah. this hypnotherapy on the on the YouTube it tells goes goes through all the steps to clear your mind. Mm-hmm. You can you can pick a female or male voice if you know whichever one you prefer to listen to. Yeah, and they'll they'll talk you through those steps of clearing your mind and putting you yeah. in that meditative state. Because that's what I want to do so that my dreams aren't so fucked up, or at least see if it helps. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I would I really would want to do that. The only thing is, though, as I'm not going to fall asleep to it i just want to do it before bed and then turn it off and then turn it off because i don't want any type of anything in my room i will have my phone in my bedroom just obviously because in case of emergency but i'm not going to have it on my nightstand anymore i'm going to have it i'm going to have an alarm clock on my nightstand just the old school digital thing and my phone will actually be in my like bathroom area so good idea if it rings i can hear it or if there's like a boxer notification or something i can hear it Mm -hmm. but it's not right next to me so you're not tempted to wake up in the middle of the night and start scrolling through instagram or whatever yeah because what will happen is um like i was saying on the air today to to rob um well to everybody um I have been trying to go to sleep earlier, and the other day I did fall asleep probably around 9.30, but I woke up at 1, and then I woke up at 2, and I woke up at 3, and I was checking the time on my on oh, my phone. Yeah. So I'm wondering if my phone is not within hand's reach, if I would get out of that. I mean, I, I guess I'd still look at the alarm clock, but it would be better than I, having the phone in your hand. Yeah, and that that physical act of of picking up the phone and looking at it and turning it on and then that temptation to open it and, and yeah. get onto it. But I have a digital clock mm-hmm. on my nightstand, and, and I don't pick up my phone until my alarm goes off. I, I guess I just don't have any desire to wake up in the middle of the night and start flipping through my phone. And I know that that's not necessarily what you do, No, no. but it is, you know, it's a temptation and that mm-hmm. will activate your brain in, in some way. Uh, but I will, I, I will still wake up to this day from one, 1 a.m. until I have to wake up every half hour, sometimes every quarter hour and I'll look at the clock. But I think that that's, that's just been ingrained in me now for so long since I've been waking up so early for so so many years. Mm-hmm. And the fear of waking up late, mm-hmm. I, I've just trained my body. It's like that internal clock says, okay, you've already slept this long. You don't really need to go back to sleep for this much longer. So just keep waking up and making sure you're not going to be late. Yeah. Which well, is stupid. It is stupid. It's the worst. Um, so you, you think you're going to try that? Like yeah. a hypnotherapy or well, even meditation know, guide meditation. On, on YouTube? Meditation guide. Hypnotherapy uh, freaks me out, but I definitely do the meditation guide. I have a friend who is a hypnotherapist and has, you know, offered to do work with you. Oh, really? Um, and I, I, I mean, are you interested? Because I could still, I could pass along the information, but, you know, it, it's really up to your comfort level. Yeah, I'm just about to start EMDR therapy. So oh, you I don't want to pile too much. I want to see how that works there for me. If it doesn't work, it's good to have other options. Yeah, there you go. And it doesn't necessarily have to be for smoking like i when i went to try it out because mm-hmm. I, I just i really just wanted to try it mm-hmm. um it was already after i had quit drinking and there wasn't any really real issues that i needed to work on when i went there other than not having an appetite i don't oh. know what it was but i just couldn't i just didn't eat and i i still kind of have that that lingering so i don't know if it necessarily worked or if i need to go back and get more work done right um but I, I just had a hard time craving food after I quit drinking, especially after the first two months. And that, I think oh, wow. a lot of that had to do with my cravings were all out of whack and um, I dropped the weight. So I don't I you know, I don't know why my body reacted that way. But yeah, uh, when I dropped the weight, I couldn't put any more back on because I just didn't have an appetite. Oh, wow. Very weird. So I, I was hoping that that the hypnotherapy would work. And I think it did to an extent. But I think I need to go again and 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 just try it more get tuned up maybe yeah (laughs) like a car all right this next email is from uh, megan she says hey guys hey hello i have something that's been bothering me for a few years now and i'd like to hear your opinions why don't i dream about my fiance back to the dreaming 
Oh. We've been together almost four years and have a three-year-old. I love him, and we are happy together. It's always bothered me that I never have dreams about him. Huh. Almost literally, he's been in the background a handful of times, but is never a main character. I'm not, I'm not having super crazy sex dreams about other people or anything. All my dreams are fairly normal, everyday stuff. My daughter isn't even in them at all the time, but at least she's there maybe a few times a week. What do you guys think? Is there a way I can bring him into my dreams? Huh. I don't know about that. I mean, maybe if you focused on him or thought about him before you went to bed. But if you're that in love with him, as you say, aren't isn't he already on your mind? Yeah. See, to me, I don't this is not I don't really dream about my significant other. You know, I I don't know. I rarely ever do. I rarely is my son ever in my dream. Really? Yeah. I mean, once in a while, mm-hmm. um, my dream usually, my dreams are usually people that I don't know, you mm-hmm. know, like celebrities or something, some random stuff, or my siblings when I'm growing up, mm-hmm. um, or my coworkers. Um, oh, yeah. Those <laughs> stupid work dreams. Yeah. Um, but it's rarely ever about my, like, significant other and kids, ever. I, I think it's totally normal what she's going through. Yeah. I, I don't think that... I can't really say that I've had any dreams where my wife is like the the main character in it. Right. A lot of the times, especially lately, and I don't know what it's what this is about, but a lot of the times I can't reach her or I'm struggling to contact her or I'm struggling to get to where she's at mm-hmm. and she's ignoring me or there's, you know, there's a separation between us that mm-hmm. I just can't break. Mm-hmm. And I wake up all frustrated, like I, I almost take it out on her when I yeah, wake up. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Why are you so shitty to me in my dream? I'm just trying to get a hold of you and be with you. <laughs> yeah. and it's it uh, it ends up, you know. I think that that's totally normal. And I like you. I the only people I really dream about are uh, childhood friends yeah. or sometimes family members. Most of the time, tertiary people co-workers in the in the stupid working dreams and just randos it's it's yeah. totally off the off the, the the grid when it comes to my dreams yeah uh the uh, that one night when i had the dream where i was yelling at the night terror and i was yelling at this woman it's nobody that i know i remember her face very clearly and very vividly but i don't know this person it's not even anybody that's in my life right now it's so weird what our mind does and that's why i'm so fascinated with dreams because how does our mind go there and what is it what what tells it to go there? How does the mind decide this is what you're going to see? This is what you're going to do and how you're going to experience all of it probably, uh, you know, is 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 manifestations of what's going on in your subconscious mind while you're awake. And then it's like, oh, we got a story to tell you now. Um, but that's so far out there, too. And mm-hmm. ah, it's so fascinating. I, I wish I had the time and, and money to go and study dreams. I wonder if that's my next calling (laughs) well maybe in you know in your next life we'll have the technology to map dreams i mean i think they're already working on that i've yeah i've been reading up a a lot on the science behind mapping the human brain Mm -hmm. and how detailed the nerve networks are the maps that they've they already have the color structures and everything of of all the nerves that that are firing off in your brain are so fascinating. In fact, there's a band called Muse. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Not their most recent album, but I think I think it is their most recent album. They their cover is a map of the of the human nervous Oh, cool. like the, all the nerves in the brain. And I I didn't even know what it was at first when that first CD came out. I was like, "Oh, this is cool." You know, they're kind of a trippy band that have mm-hmm. kind of psychedelic imagery in their shows and stuff and uh, it wasn't until I saw this article and documentary on the science behind mapping the human brain. It's mm-hmm. fucking fascinating. What's the documentary that called? I don't remember what the documentary is called, but if you just uh, just Google map of the human brain, yeah. there's tons of stuff out there. It's really oh, cool. cool. Um, we're not going to dwell too much on this past life stuff, but there is this one email that I wanted to get to just because um, it might be helpful for people looking for resources and that kind of thing that want to go through this kind of stuff um, and exp- like figure out what their past lives were. This email is from Anonymous. They say, Brandon, I'm loving the podcast. Uh, Amanda. Yeah. What about Amanda? We're doing it too. too. We're all there together. Uh, She says she's been, or this person says they've been listening to every episode and just finished up 
uh, number 12, which is the last episode. You and Amanda have really got me thinking about past life aggressions. I'm an old soul. I know I'm on at least my fourth or fifth life. How do you know that? How do you know, how do you know you're at least on your fourth or fifth? Could be 12, could be 15. You don't know. I have lots of deja vu and I'm constantly meeting, running into people new to this life that I fell that I feel deep connection to, or I feel that I've known in a previous life. I have a very strong connection to my mother, grandmother, and daughter, which is kind of usually how it works. Mm -hmm. Family members usually switch roles and swap roles like that. Um, Because we are four very strong-willed women and can handle anything, almost like we've we've seen the worst, so anything under under that is no big deal. I'd love to dig in more, and my mom wants to as well. Where do you go? We are in Lodi, which is just outside of Sacramento, a small grape ag community. So obviously we'd have to venture to Sacramento, which is fine. Hoping to hear back, blah, 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 blah. No, you don't need to know the rest of that stuff. Um, I go to Positive Practice Healing Center. Uh, if you listen to past broadcasts to this, they have since changed their name. Um, it is now called Positive Practice Healing Center. It's on Fulton Avenue in Sacramento, um, positive practice. I, I'm the worst shot. You never if you, it. if you hear me crumpling up the papers, similar to how Rob does on the regular show, I'm doing the same thing and I'm trying to throw them in a basket. That's probably about, I don't know, six feet away. Mm, not even that not five even feet. Five, yeah. I, I miss every, almost every single <laughs> yeah. time. So Amanda has to get up and pick up all my trash after the broadcast. Oh, that's recordings. okay. Thank you. It's, it's part of your charm. That's right. I guess <laughs> not making shots. Kobe. <laughs> Um, More like Shaq. <laughs> so yeah, Positive Practice Healing Center is where I go, and they have multiple people, practitioners that do various energy work and past life stuff. And uh, go, just go out there, check it out. They have a website, Positive Practice Healing Center, and then you can also find them on Facebook. And the one healer that I see, her name is Sierra, and she's absolutely amazing. She does it all. She's she does you know from meditation classes to um, energy work, Reiki to past life regressions and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I hope that you and your mom do go check it out and hopefully you do find something out and write us back. Let us know, let us know know what, what you learn. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that got me thinking after we were talking about past lives and, and how you didn't want to do it right now because you just don't feel like you're ready for it yet, which is totally fine. I'm not. Um, do you feel like you are a young soul or an old soul? Oh, I think I am an old soul really? and I'm having a hard time. Uh, I'm having, uh, yeah, I'm just having a hard time because of what's going on with me right now. Would you ever consider that you were a young soul? I would. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally would. Cause she said something in the letter that, that kind of, um, resonated with me. And I feel like some people, in their lives, they when they're presented with challenges, like they they will just act like, oh, it's no big deal, and they'll just you know dust it off, like eh, I've, been, I've been there, done that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and other times when they're presented with problems, they're like, oh my god, my whole world is crumbling down, and how do I fix these things? And I I, I wonder if that's kind of like more in the young soul category, and I wonder if maybe on this time around, it's like backwards, like your son is the old soul, and you're the young soul. Have you ever considered? Um, that that could I be don't. A, a I don't know. I mean, yeah, it could be a possibility. I feel like um, when I was going through everything when I was younger and all the trauma stuff, like it barely phased me. I mean, it was obviously difficult, but it barely phased me, and I just kept pushing forward and pushing forward and not really completely dealing with everything um, because I was just like, "Well, this is the way my life is, and mm-hmm. that's this is what happened." Kind um, of forcing you to grow up too fast. Yeah, and then because I've never dealt with it, I think that it's coming out right now because I realize that I'm almost 40 Hmm. and I'm like halfway done with my life, you know, so then it's like sad because I don't want to not be with my son anymore. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's a reason. I was always told at a young age that I was an old soul Mm -hmm. by numerous different people um and i think it's because i the way that i handled all the trauma that i went through at a young age but now that i'm gonna be dead soon oh you're not gonna be (laughs) dead soon 40 more years at least come on uh well 40 it doesn't feel like enough oh well do you feel like it's just like it's gone by so fast at this point and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah ever since the 
it will trip you out. I mean, I know you guys aren't going to have kids, but I feel like time has gone by in a blink since my son has been born. It's just like, yeah, I hear, you know, I've, I always heard my parents say the same thing as, you know, time goes by. It's like a blink of an eye. I remember when I was swaddling you and your little blinky. I can't remember. There was a saying, it's like, Oh, the days feel like years and the years feel like days. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I, I feel. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I might be in the middle of a midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're just right there in the in the middle. Yeah, I'm in the middle of a, a midlife crisis. But I know the way that I handled things before, um, I think, shaped me sure. to where I am now. But I just am having a hard time because... I don't think if my if my son never came around, if I never were to have had kids, I don't think I'd be going through this right now. Hmm. Um, but because he's here and I don't want to lose him, that's mm-hmm. that's that's where the freak out is kind of going on. And also dealing with outliving my mom, hmm. um, you know, when I turned 37. So there's that's kind of the the genesis, I think, of the current freak out that I yeah. just went through. A lot of moving parts and kind of. After sweeping things under the rug for for so long, just oh, to yeah. just kind of get on and get moving with life. Now that now all that stuff is kind of built up and spilling out. Yeah, it's like I didn't I didn't properly deal with everything at all ever for years and years and years. You know, I, it's been so many years since I've even cried about my my parents. You know, and um, so I'm trying to. So that's why it was so powerful for me when I went through the Reiki session because. After I was done, I just cried and cried. Well, even during the Reiki session, I had tears coming down. Mm-hmm. Tears just like it, it just like a, a faucet came on. And then after we were done, I just cried and cried. And so I think that that was a important um, like faucet to turn on, mm-hmm. you know. So do you feel like because you don't cry about your parents, like you you feel like you're losing touch, you're losing connection. Like you feel like that, that that's something that needs to be done. Um, I definitely need to tap into those emotions. I don't know that I necessarily need to cry. I mm-hmm. mean, crying, I'm crying. Isn't going to bring them back. You right. Know? I just, I only ask that because you said I like, that was a problem. Like I haven't cried for my parents in years. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I feel like I need to get in touch with that emotion again and, and just feel that. You know, allow myself to feel that, not not make myself think that, oh, well, you're a burden if you're crying or you're, you know, stressing other people out. Like, I just need to because I never like would allow myself to do that, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every once in a while, if I was in a safe place or with safe people, of course. But I just I I feel like I need to purge that emotion. Mm-hmm. The other night I watched a sad movie and I couldn't stop crying. It was horrible. I woke up. It was like Saturday and I watched this really sad movie and woke up and my eyes were all puffy and I had a headache or whatever. It's And it's I think because I'm I just need to let that out, hmm. you know. OK. Yeah. So it's almost like brimming and you just need to just let it all cry it out. And yeah. Just have a good cry. And yeah. Just, OK. I got totally. you. All right. Well, um. Uh, oh yeah, so hopefully the the Megan will go and check out the past life thing. And um, man, I'm the worst at transitioning. Today. It's okay. This is fucking awful. <laughs> um, I'm just distracted because right before the podcast, I was uh, actually messaging my dad, um, oh. which I don't talk to him enough. I really should call him more. But um, we were talking about uh, you know past lives and all that, and mm-hmm. it just made me think about this: just the, how quickly time goes by. Um, similar to what you were saying about, you know, years or day or years or months and no months. The days are years and the years are days. Yeah. 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 Same thing. Um, 19 years it has been since my dad took me to my first concert ever. Like the, my first introduction, very, 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 my very first rock concert. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember very vividly because it was at Memorial Auditorium. I was probably 16 at the time or something like that. Um, my first exposure to real rock concert. And my mm-hmm. dad is like, was a veteran. He had been to ACDC. He'd been to Metallica back in their heyday. He had been to a ton of concerts growing up. And so he was a veteran at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first experience. And it was the offspring, which was my favorite fucking band oh, yeah. ever. Like yeah. when, when 
I didn't. I hadn't even discovered the prior music to Pretty Fly for a White Guy. But mm-hmm. as soon as that song hit the radio, I knew that this band was was onto something. At least for for me, because I know they've been they're, they're already famous. They're already getting their singles played on the radio. Uh, but I I had no idea who they were. But I just had to know more. Mm-hmm. And then I discovered their whole catalog, and and, and I screamed and cried and and begged. <laughs> To go to see the Offspring live, and my dad surprised me with the trip, and we went down there, and that was in March of 1999. Oh wow! And I just found out this last week that they that the Offspring's coming back to Sacramento for yeah. the Sabroso uh, Craft Beer and Taco Fuck Music Festival yeah. um, this April, which happens to be on the day of my birth, Yay! April 8th, and it will be 19 years, like five weeks. That I had oh, last wow. seen The Offspring, well, at least from the first time I had seen them with my dad. Mm-hmm. So I sent this message to my dad. Let me read it real quick because it okay. kind of got me in the feels. Aww. Yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. That These things don't really hit too often, so I thought it was pretty cool. So I sent them, sent him this message. I said, here's something to make us both feel a little older. I did some research. The first concert you took me to was in March of 1999. The Offspring at Memorial Auditorium. Now 19 years later... They'll be playing on my birthday in Sacramento. Fate? I think so. I just thought it was cool, and I'll never forget my very first concert with you. I love you. Oh, you're going to make me cry. And I said, that is cool. I love you, too. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, so I can't fucking wait for this show. Are you yeah. going? Yes, I am going. Russell. I, I went and bought my tickets. Because um, I, so my ex and I that live, the, my ex that lives in Alaska, who's now my best friend, and he, him and his wife are talking about coming, too. We have loved um, me first in the Gimme Gimmies, but yep. they are never they they are never around. They hardly tour anymore, and when they do, it's never in this area. Yeah. So the two bands that we loved uh, growing up, because he's basically like my brother, we grew up together, uh, were the Voodoo Glo- Voodoo Glow Schools mm-hmm. and the Gimmies. And so we've both seen the um, VGS. We've seen them a couple of times at the boardwalk, but never, um, never the gimmies. So um, I'm really excited about that. And also uh, the Vandals. I'm excited. And to see Pennywise. And yeah, some Pennywise too. Unwritten Law. Yeah. Fuck. This is like my childhood encapsulated. This is everything that made me who I am. All these bands, mm-hmm. like literally every band on this bill including the Gimme Gimmies. I, yeah. I didn't know this, because, but I, I've been a fan of the band forever, and I didn't know this until my wife told me yesterday. She's like, did you know that Chris Shiflett is like one of the founders of the Gimme Gimmies? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a second. Chris Shiflett? You mean from the Foo Fighters? Yes. Holy shit, that's awesome. I, yeah. I, she schooled me of somebody who I, I think knows way more about rock and roll than she does. She's like, oh, yeah, Chris Shiflett. Yeah. And and Fat Mike from No Effects. It's, it's yeah, like, it's like oh, a this, community. Yeah, yeah, it's a cover band. It's yeah. basically a cover band of all these awesome people. And the lead singer was somebody's roommate. I think it was Chris Shiflett's roommate or something. And, like, he heard the, the reason why the, like, the genesis of this whole thing came out. And I'm only retelling the story Bits and pieces by from my wife told me. Mm-hmm. Um, the lead singer is just a guy who was a roommate of one of the the band members. I don't know if it was Fat Mike or, or Chris Shiflett, but they were roommates and he was singing uh, karaoke. And he was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, this this you're really good. We could start a whole band and just do cover songs. And then fucking me first from the Gimme Gimme's was born just yeah. out of just out of that idea of Bud's jamming and and the the roommate just having a, a decent voice and be yeah. able to front this band. Yeah, that's awesome. And Pennywise, I don't know. Do you remember when the first Tony Hawk uh, video game came yep. out? And uh, they had all the fucking good music. That on whole that. that whole soundtrack, yeah, is amazing. Yeah, I suicidal was, tendencies, like just I, I will, fucking they, amazing. They have uh, playlists on Spotify, and I will go and find Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, you know, that soundtrack first, that first one, one yeah, because they have them all. Because they, you know, the people will, will okay, they can build playlists on Spotify mm-hmm. and make them public. So yeah, they have every single Tony Hawk. Um, soundtrack mm-hmm. for any video game you can find like grant the thought oh, i didn't think about that it's crazy yeah but there you go the, yeah uh, that, that very, first very first one, one. is kind of i mean i liked pennywise but i just i've kind of like dug them more just from playing that game all yeah. the time yeah there's a melancholin song that i had never heard of um that 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 I, I absolutely love and play all the time today that was uh discovered on on the tony hawk's pro skater that a great game. I it was. That game. It was revolutionary. Yeah. Back, back when uh, the PlayStation was first really kicking off, and 
man, that that was. You could just spend hours playing. Uh, that game. I would. I, I would spend hours, and I watch my. Fr- I would sit there and just watch somebody play the yeah, video game the and listen to, to the music, and you know, drink some beers or whatever, yeah. and we would play. For hours and hours and hours. Ah, the good old days. <laughs> Simpler times. It was. Now yeah. we're old. I love that game. All right. Um, let's switch directions. Let's do some talk Dr. Prod. Ooh, Dr. Prod. Yeah, like, you know, like Dr. Rob from the regular show, oh, but right, it's right. like Dr. Prod because we're producers and we're doing yes. a podcast. So we're going to help some people. Um, if you do have any questions or if you have any comments about today's broadcast, you can always email us at radradio.com. All right, this next Dr. Prod letter comes from Anonymous. <laughs> they say, hey, guys. Hi. Feel free to cut out any details. You need to make it shorter. I probably will. All right. Um, I love what you're doing with the podcast and look forward to every episode each week. I'm looking for uh, advice from my boyfriend and I. I'm 26 and he's 25. We're super in love and we've been dating for nine years in February and living together for almost six. My boyfriend, like most guys, has always had a fantasy of having a threesome. I am warming up to the idea. I do find myself attracted to women because they are beautiful and sexy. Well, doy. Yeah. I do feel my man and I don't... Oh, wait. I do feel comfortable around women, but am still very hesitant. I'm hesitant because I have a jealousy tendency when it comes to my man, and I don't want this pursuit of his fantasy to ruin what we have. I want to give him what he wants, but I've never even kissed a girl before. Mm. You ever kissed a girl? Uh, yeah. Is that like just, that's just, uh, <laughs> it's just a thing. You just do that with all your girls. Kiss plenty of girls. Yeah. You slut. <laughs> um, we started laying down the ground rules. We have searched on dating apps together in the summer, fall of 26. So two years ago almost. Uh, but I pulled the plug on that because two of my rules before was no one, uh, two of my rules before was no one that we work with and we do this together. He did bring a girl home to give her some weed while I was working my shift. He nonchalantly mentioned it a day or two later, and I lost it. I would have been okay with that, as innocent as it sounds, but I never met her before, and knowing we've been discussing and actively looking to fulfill this fantasy he has, I felt like he betrayed my trust and he went behind my back. He would have never wanted me to bring a guy home that he's never met without him there, uh, let alone without him knowing about it. He wanted to mend things by me meeting her and possibly friends and possibly become friends with her, uh, which blew my mind. She eventually lost her job and I never ended up meeting her. He knows he really screwed up and jumped the gun by himself and says he really regrets it. We've given it a year before starting to talk about it again. He knows if any other situation like that happens again, a threesome will never be considered again, and there's a possibility of a breakup. Oh, boy. Mm. I loved what Brandon said before about leaving fantasies be just that, a fantasy, when he was discussing his uh, three-way experience with his wife. Yeah, because sometimes fantasies are just better left alone. Cause, yeah. And it's easy to get caught up in a fantasy and then, you know, get all turned on and get hot and heavy, and then you 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 have that... You you don't even have to have that experience. Like you just you just kind of use it as Talk fuel. It. Yeah, yeah. Like almost like a foreplay type of thing. Um, because yeah, you don't. It's not worth going through an experience of a fantasy that's going to ultimately tear you apart. Yeah, you're dealing with real people and real feelings. Yeah. It's not just a fantasy anymore. And sex is like one of the most intimate and sacred and you know vulnerable. Vulnerable. You don't. Even in an open relationship setting, you have to take feelings into consideration. Mm-hmm. There, there, that so, there are so many types of swinger communities that disregard that and use the swinging lifestyle as basically uh, opening and an excuse to cheat on their significant other, or or yeah. use their their women to you know as leverage for other women to sleep with. Mm-hmm. I don't. I feel like is it is that all. To the letter. I got a little bit more. Okay. You, you can ask. Go ahead. But I just already, I just feel like they should not partake in a threesome. It uh, doesn't sound like they should. I agree. Well, let me finish the email and maybe we'll, maybe they'll come to that conclusion on their own. Okay. Um, my rules are uh, so far are one. Okay. So she, she's basically laying out the ground rules um, of what she's had before. So the fact that she's already had, she already had, she still has these rules in place, then maybe they're still considering it. 
Um, but they have to be by these rules or else he's out of here. Yeah, but he already broke the rules. Well, let's see, let's see what, what her rules are. And okay. maybe 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 they, they can be a little bit. We'll maybe see. they can mended. Yeah. Be mended. My rules so far are, one, there has to be a ring on it. He did ask my dad for my hand in marriage in the summer of 2016 before he died in Christmas of 2016. Oh, Aww. sorry for your loss. Um, I'm glad that he asked for your hand in marriage, but is there a ring on it? Yeah, that w- w- would... How long ago was that? That twenty sixth, Chris, uh, the summer of twenty sixteen, so almost two years ago. Okay. Um, two. It is not to happen in our home, so they don't want to have the three way in their house. Totally agree totally with that. Totally understandable. Uh, three. We're done with this by the time we have kids. Yeah, that's, that's fair. You don't want to have you don't want to have kids and be bringing strangers into the mix Hell and no. risking that, which is also another reason why you don't want to do it at your house. Mm-hmm. Um, four, I'm going to give him one chance going all the way with this fantasy uh, in parentheses, maybe more if I really enjoy it. <laughs> but so far, just once. And five, no one we work with, which is totally understandable. You don't want to dip your pen in the company ink. Either yeah. one of you. Yeah, no. Uh, she goes on to say, I ask him almost every day what the rules are because I don't want to drill in his head about what's oh. acceptable, and I don't want to put him in the same situation we were a year and a half ago. Although he put himself in that position. Yeah. We didn't. Um, what are some advice, tools that can help me overcome my paranoia of him just wanting to fuck other girls, quote unquote, or... What is some advice, tools that can help me, help him, help me get more comfortable with this fantasy? Please let me know if you have any other questions for us. Ba 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 ba. Enjoy the broadcast and thank you very much. I wonder what his reaction would be if she was like, "Okay, we can do this, but no penetration," because that would be telling to me. Don't you think? If he said that, no. If she said, "Okay, we can do this threesome," yeah, and I'm down to do the threesome. I'll fuck around with a girl. You can fuck around with a girl, but you can't actually fuck her. And to me, that would be telling of where his like intention kind of lies. Like, That's... does he really just kind of want to mess around and see and watch her with another girl and be mm-hmm. able to, you know, kind of dabble? That might be the best way to go about it if they do find the right person mm-hmm. and they just want to see if it works. Yeah. And I totally, I would respect that. If mm-hmm. if that was a rule presented to me from, from her that there was no penetration, I would totally respect that. Mm-hmm. And I would say, yeah, let's, let's see if we can even add a third person into the mix. It doesn't necessarily have to lead to me fucking her. Mm-hmm. And if that's the ground rule, then that's fine. I, I've had that ground rule with my wife. Mm-hmm. If we bring another guy in and we just want to mess around with him, if I say no penetration, then she's usually fine with that. Like she yeah. doesn't need to be penetrated by another dude in order for us to have fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of fun that can go on. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, maybe that is one of the rules that they bring in, mm-hmm. but I am concerned about them even have the, them even having the ability based on the experience that she expressed, uh, told us about yeah. with this coworker, because yeah. yeah, I mean, sure. You bring, bring somebody by the house to sell weed. That's in, out, whatever. And during the day when, when you're not, when the wife isn't there. It is or the, already the sneaky. Yeah. Sneaky. Behind hey, the back. The two trail. days later, after the fact, like nonchalant. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I had mm-hmm. somebody over here. Somebody you never met before hanging out. Yeah. Selling weed. I, what I think was happening is he was testing the waters mm-hmm. to see if he was even comfortable with the if fact the of coming over yeah, the other girl that yeah. he invited over to, to sell the weed to uh-huh. um, to see if she would be even interested in the idea. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, well, you guys can be friends now. Well, no, fuck that, dude. I don't want to be friends with this bitch you brought over the house when I wasn't home and sneaking around. And she's exactly right. What if he what if she did that to him? Brought some coworker over some dude when he, he wasn't been, home. She said he would have been fuming. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. he's, I mean, he's just a little naive if he thinks that he can do that and then they're going to be friends yeah. afterwards. I think he's, he might not be taking this, this third threesome thing very seriously. And the fact that he did do this behind her back really does make me question mm-hmm. his maturity level and ability to, to really find his place in this. Cause you know, it, it, to me, it sounds like he's just having some girl over saying, hey, my wife is OK with me talking to other women because, well, we want to have a threesome. So maybe mm-hmm. if we mess around a little bit and things are you know, I don't want to think the worst. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think that yeah. they fucked around in that garage when he was selling her the weed. But I mean, 
it makes my it makes my feelers my go, feelers yeah. go off and my yeah. my uh, me too my cheetar go off you know yeah me too absolutely so I think that if there are any tools or advice that I could give um, for to help you overcome your paranoia. I don't think there's anything that we can say or do to make you less paranoid other than you talking to him. And it sounds yeah. like because you grill these drill, these rules into him every day. I don't know if that's necessarily the ha- healthiest thing to no, do. No, it's not. Because not only are you kind of like encouraging him to continue to find this third person, which, you know, you guys sound like you are very interested in. And mm-hmm. it sounds like it's something you want to do. But this may be one of those things you leave as a fantasy and you have to ease into it, like just just may, maybe continue the conversation and continue the communication, but don't actively pursue it right now. Yeah, I think there's definitely ways that you can say, you know, hey, you remember that hot chick from the bar? You know, what if she was here right now? And, blah, blah, and kind of like guide for, you know, do a guided type of fantasy mm-hmm. when you are fucking. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that would be OK, but I just... I don't know. The They don't seem like they're at a good place to open their relationship, especially because she said she has such a jealous tendency. Mm-hmm. And she has reason to feel jealous if he's doing these kind of shady things. Well, it sounds like he might have repented himself a little bit. So, yeah. you know, maybe he did learn his lesson. Yeah. Um, and maybe one thing to help you become more comfortable with the fantasy, if you want to keep actively pursuing it, maybe you take the lead. As, yeah. the, as the woman. As the finder. Yeah, you go find, because ultimately this has to do with your um, insecurities of the jealousy and mm-hmm. your insecurities of him just wanting to fuck another girl. So maybe you take the lead and you say, okay, this uh, you find the girl that you are attracted to, that you feel like you want to mess around with, that you feel that you can c- openly communicate to, that, hey, these are my limits with my man. And then bring her in and say, hey, I have Here's I have a treat for, for you. you. I think that's so much better yeah. because she's the one that really needs to have the security and the, and the confidence. And yeah, and the confidence. So if she was the one, tell him, eh, you don't get to find the girl. I get to find the girl. Yeah. And it's who I want to be with. Yeah. And then you, you maybe that first encounter, like you guys go out to a bar or if you're not drinking, you know, go grab some coffee. Um, see if you guys all click and then you take it back to the house and, you know, have a party there and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you sit him down across the room or on the other side of the bed and you just make it about the two girls. You you, you don't, you don't include him until you're welcome. You welcome him in Mm -hmm. and you're comfortable for him to be in the mix. Or you say, Hey, new girl for the third, you know, the third party, you tell her to go sit on the other side of the bed while I mess around with my man and you watch us. Mm -hmm. There's so many variations of of this encounter that you could do to keep it um, kosher between you and him. And you could still see if this experience is for you. And then you have that ability to like, you know, call it quits without having to say, Hey, pull your dick out of her. Yeah. This is, uh, this is it. We're done. One thing she didn't mention in the rules. And I think, Oh, Missed again. Yeah. Uh, One thing that she needs to make sure that she communicates to him is there's no side fucking from either one of you. Yeah, it has to be a group. Uh, Oh, maybe she has to be always together. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, there's the full swingers that do like the the full swap is what they say. Uh, Um, I I don't know if I could ever do that. It's tough. I I, the one of our first swinger experiences with my wife and I, um, we were kind of duped. They, they oh, said no. that they were kind of like, you know, they were more into the like the bi guy situation. And mm-hmm. that's kind of how they reeled us in because this is kind of our first experience with a couple. And we're like, oh, yeah, cool. Bye, guys. This is kind of what our thing. We like mm-hmm. more of the dude stuff. And uh, she she ended up kind of like getting roped into fucking the guy oh. while the wife was like, you know, kind of pushing me aside. It was just this, this really bad miscommunication. Oh, There's too much booze involved. It was just, it was really bad. It was back in the day. Huh? Yeah. It was one of our first and it, it taught us a big lesson about, you know, communication and teamwork and, and, and going into it with the certain restrictions and all this stuff. And I think that we were just playing so fast and loose with the idea. Cause it was our first. Mm-hmm. It was we, exciting. I'm sure. Oh yeah. And it was fun. And we had, we were having a good time. And then, you know, by the end of the night, it just didn't feel like it was the type of, experience that we wanted to have again Mm -hmm. so i hope that that helps and 
you know, it is safe to leave things as fantasy, but you know, maybe you taking the lead will be the best way for you to overcome those, those insecurities. All right. The next uh, email we have is another Dr. Prod letter. Um, I'm just going to read through it and let's just see what we can do for this person. They don't have to be anonymous, so I don't have to edit this name out once I say it. Uh, this is from Dylan. Good afternoon, Amanda and Brandon. Hi. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good night. Whenever you're listening. I have listened to all your podcasts, and I'm currently listening to your latest sixth installment as I type this email. So this was written back in December. Just haven't get, got, had the chance to get to it yet. I will begin this email, which will more than likely be really fucking long, unlike my dick. Which, which, with something a little lighthearted to answer Amanda's question as to why men don't fear uh, of their significant other being taken by a woman. So, like, if if you're in a threesome and the guy's, like, you know, not going to be taken by the girl, like, I think that's one of your fears is the guy is just going to start wanting to fuck the uh, the girl. It's not one of my fears. My, but I, what it is, is I think that there's a double standard because for my relationship and other relationships where this has been brought up, um, it's like, well, it's okay if you mess around with girls. Like I can go on dates and do whatever and like totally have a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I can totally do that and it's fine. Um, but I can't have a boyfriend. And I'm like, well, why in double standard. the double standard gotcha. there? Because I could, for me, I could totally find a woman to fall in love with and go be with and, and have and, and leave for a woman, mm-hmm. you know? So if uh, it's just the dump, double standard that I don't understand. Well, Dylan uh, says for him personally, I feel like it has to do with two women having sex. It is nothing more than what I consider to be foreplay. If it were myself and a woman, I so not mean to be offensive by that. That is just my personal feeling. So he's kind of saying the fact that, you know, if it's two girls, two clams bumping up against each other, it's not the same as same sex as a as a penis. That, I feel like this person is very naive. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of an angry statement. But, you know, that, that but that's his perception. Yeah. And I, I can see how that that would be a common misconception from males. Okay. So to the to the. The juicy part of his email, he says, I met my wife when I was in the military and we started dating. She was recently divorced and had a kid. We got together and then I got orders to Hawaii and she had to move away. Fast forward to about a year later, I had gone on a deployment and she cheated on me while I was gone. Oh, no. She admitted to it uh, to me after I pried it out of her. Yikes. I tried to go to give her a chance and we got married and are still together. She fought me tooth and nail when I told her I wanted to get out of the military. I felt that this was based on not having to get a job. I would be moving every two or three years. And after a series of crazy shit happening, like me astral projecting from an, from another deployment to Korea, I knew it sound. I know it sounds stupid, but I promise I am stone cold sober. Hey, well, okay. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a trouble. I'm having trouble following along. Yeah, me too. <laughs> She agreed to let me get out of the military as if I needed her permission. So I got out. I had a job lined up to work for my parents, but she would just sleep in most days or get up to take her kid to school and then go right back to the house and sleep or go shopping while not having a job. So you've basically been funding her to be a lazy, lazy bum. Fast forward a year and a half and a few six month job stints later, she decided to go to college against my will after I directly asked her not to because we need money for from a job, not more debt. So now she is going to school and I am on the hook for dropping her kid off at school on That's the morning. That's your kid too, you jerk. And she picks him up and cooks. But I work a minimum for of five hours a week as well as being in the military reserves for the benefits. She lets herself get so stressed out of her college that she elected after I asked her not to. That she says she isn't interested in having sex now. I don't know how long it has been, but I know I have been bitching about it since July. She sees this as completely okay, and that I should have to comply with her not wanting to have sex because it is her body. She wants all other aspects of the relationship to remain unchanged, such as me doing things I never wanted to do and have never been interested in doing, such as rubbing her feet or taking care of her cats and (laughs) reptiles. This relationship is making me feel like a shell of a man on the verge of self-destruction. I feel distant from humanity as a whole, and I really just don't care about much. What do you guys think I should do? 
Sorry for the long email. I had to get that off my chest. I'm actually getting a buzz as I finalize this email like I just smoked a cigarette. Keep up the good work, Dylan. Holy God damn. Well, Dylan, it sounds like you guys are both succubuses for each other. Just They do not support each other. Neither one of them support each other. And he sees it as her kid. Well, motherfucker, you're married. Yeah. You are married. That is you. You are part of that child's life. And oh, now I got to drop her kid off because she's going to school and I don't want her to go to school because she need... she's trying to go to school so that she can get a good career. I mean, but why? Why are neither one of them are supportive towards each other? And he wanted to get out of the he wanted to get out of the military because he had a dream of some sort that that projected that he was going to be going to Korea you know, some pending world okay. war or whatever, which is fine. That's like, fine. if you, you want to get out, you want to get out, you, you get out. You're you're a grown man. You shouldn't let her control you, but you should also not be controlling her. They're both controlling each other and like having to ask each other permission and stuff like that. It's just so it's toxic. This is nothing but toxicity. And by you know, you, you mentioned that you felt like you were getting a buzz from getting this off your chest. Well, I, I'm sorry that you feel that way. But that's probably because you're not talking about this with anybody else. You're just yeah. letting this fester, fester inside you. Yeah. You probably feel like a shell of a person because you are dead inside from not allowing yourself to deal with these issues. And I hate that he's like, you know, I'm having to do stuff I never did and rub her feet and feed her cats or whatever. Like, wouldn't you want to do that in a relationship? You want to help them, yeah. you know, and that means you're helping your your spouse in every aspect of their life whether it's feed their dogs or cats take or whatever to school. take the kid because that's your fucking kid too <laughs> and yeah. i bet the reason why she doesn't want to fucking have sex with you is because you are not you're not doing those things outside of the bedroom women will have sex with you if you are nurturing them outside of the bedroom. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm sorry that you're going through this, but it, it sounds like you're both at fault here. Oh, they are. It's yeah, not, absolutely. It's, it's all the work that you're not putting into the relationship. It's all the work that she's not putting into she's the relationship. She's punishing him. They're both punishing each other <laughs> yeah, for and, not getting what they want out of their relationship. And in, in as a result, you're punishing yourself from living a, a healthy, happy life. Yeah. Because all you're doing is just sitting in this toxicity. And there and are then the poor kid. Oh, the poor kid. He's just stuck in the middle of it, swimming in this toxic cesspool that you guys yeah. have created for and each other. And this is how you're showing, this is the example that you, the child is learning of that's a relationship. Well, that's not good. And do you want that? Do you want your kid to be that type of person growing up? Do you well, want them to be going through that type of relationship? I don't think he views this kid as his own, because, yeah. and which is so fucking sad. Yeah. Um, but, you know... There still could maybe be help. I think they need to learn how to talk to each other in a supportive, nurturing manner uh, by going, maybe trying to do some couples therapy. But that's the only thing I think that they, they need to learn how to talk and talk to each other and support each other. Yeah, I, I think writing to a broadcast is 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 a good start. Mm-hmm. But I think Amanda's right. And I wonder if, if if you bring this email in, the one that you sent to us, like just print it out, yeah. take it in with you yes. to the uh, to the couple's counseling session and just say, hey, I need to say my piece. This is how I feel and yeah. have that kind of medi- mediator of a counselor there. That would probably allow you to have a safe zone for you to get everything off your chest. Tell it to her. If this made you feel good just to email us. And and it gave you a buzz just to get this all off your, off your chest to email a, a podcast. Mm-hmm. Think of how good it will feel to say all this stuff and get this off your chest to her. In real life. She should write this too. She should write an email. Not us, but she should write it out like what she has a problem with too. Absolutely. And she, then should chronal, could... she should chronicle everything that she's been feeling since the beginning, just like he did. Mm-hmm. Follow that example. And and both of them just kind of spill it out like sometimes yeah, and take it to the take it to the mediator yes, person yeah, yeah. and you t- I think that's a great idea and I wonder you know sometimes you know when siblings or or, or family members fight sometimes you just gotta let them fight and just oh yeah at the end of the day like even when growing up like you get into a fist fight with somebody you hated at school like a bully or something mm-hmm. you guys get into a fight you fight back and I'm not saying like you physically don't don't yeah fight. But, it, you know, the result of that, of you guys just getting that anger out, usually turns into great friendships mm-hmm. and, you know, great relationships. But at this point, it just sounds like you guys are just living in a toxic cesspool. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that you guys can get to the point where you can talk this stuff through 
with each other and uh, get a resolution because ultimately the kid's suffering the most out of all of this. Absolutely. Because that kid's relying on you to to raise them to be a productive member of society. And yeah. so far, it doesn't sound like you guys are doing a very good job. No. Nope. Unfortunately. <laughs> all right. I hope that helps. That's going to do it for this episode of the Rad Podcast. Feel free to email us at rad at radradio.com. And we will talk to you next time. Namaste, fuckers. Bye. The Rad Broadcast.